the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red blood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Welcome back to our NIL interview series. In this episode, we are introduced to CU's starting defensive lineman, Jalen Sami. A lightly recruited player out of Colorado Springs, Sami was asked by Mike McIntyre and his coaching staff to gray shirt delaying his enrollment until the spring of 2018. Sami made a splash when he did take the field in his freshman season in 2019, recovering a fumble in his very first game, a route of CSU in Denver. Later that season, Sami saved the day against Washington, making a play on, of all things, special teams. Now on his third head coach and sixth position coach, Sami still has two years of eligibility remaining. Sami already has 24 career starts under his belt, but believes he just had his best spring since he arrived in Boulder in 2018, and he can't wait, as he puts it, to shock the world. So, what was it like being 6'6", 320 pounds in high school, and being lightly recruited? What does Sami think of CU's move from a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 defense? Why does Sami think that, Even though he'll have a year of eligibility left for the 2023 season, he may be playing elsewhere next fall. And what was Sami's motivation in playing against Washington in 2019, which may have helped him make the play, which saved the day for the Buffs? Let's find out. Okay, and we're back, and we're talking with junior defensive lineman Jalen Sami. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, hanging in there. Thanks for being here. Um, appreciate your time. Just going to talk a little bit about your recruiting. To start with, you were a part of the recruiting class of 2017, uh, which goes back a ways at this point. It's hard to imagine that uh, we're sitting here in spring of 2022 and you still have two years of eligibility left, and you were part of the recruiting class of 2017. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, you were out of Colorado Springs. You didn't commit until late, uh, until a couple of days before signing day in February. What was what was going on with your recruiting? Why were you uh, late to the late to the dance? That's a really good question. But I was just – I wasn't highly recruited. Uh, I was more under the radar. Um, the only – Offers that I had before Colorado was uh, Northern Colorado and um, CSU Pueblo. So, and then just a couple other D2 schools, but 
I've had a few schools like they would uh, pull their offer from me because they said I'm a D1 talent. So it wasn't until January, my senior year of the spring semester, where my coach told me that the the defensive line coach for Colorado Buffaloes was coming down to recruit the class younger than me. So not 2017, the 2018 class. And so when he told me that, he he told me just whatever I'm doing, just uh, whenever he comes, uh, he'll send a, a guest uh, tickets for me to come to class. So that's what I did. And I introduced myself and it was uh, Jim Jeffcoat at the time, okay. back in 2016 or 17. And he seen me, he, said, he was just interested because of my size. Uh, I was 6'6", 300 something at that time. And so he uh, gave me his card. He was like, send me your film. And so that's what I did. And right after that, this is when they uh, were hiring the new defensive uh, coordinator coach at that time under uh, Coach Mack. And he was DJ Elliott. And so he came in and a week from Coach Jeffcoat's visit, he came to visit me in the Springs at my high school. And then, uh, yeah, when he came, he offered me the gray shirt. And I had no idea what a gray shirt was. He was like, uh-huh. You know, it's kind of like a red shirt, but it's 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 a little different. And so, um, just out of like not knowing what a gray shirt was, I was hesitant and I didn't want to uh, didn't want to take it. I was like, so, uh, but they wanted me to come on an official visit, so I did, and um, came later. The official visit was the weekend before signing day, so it was the last time you could do an official visit for before you could sign or uh, before you stopped talking to any of the coaches at that time. And yeah, just when I came up and uh, Coach Mack, who was here, he uh, ensured and to like ensured to me that the gray shirt is still a full ride scholarship. The only downside is uh, you'd have to delay your enrollment six months. So a semester. So instead of coming in right out of high school, uh, May 2017, going right into college uh, that fall and that summer, I'd have to wait until the next spring. And so, um, yeah, on the way back home, I was just visiting, uh, just thinking about it and just, you know, I prayed and I felt that that was the right decision for me was to take this, uh, this offer. But a uh, funny thing was like right after I did all that, um, and after the official visit, so when we came home, there was a grace period. It's called the dead period where they couldn't talk to you until signing day. I told I told Coach Mack, like, yeah, I think we're going to sign with Colorado just because I felt that it was the best option and, you know, it just felt right for me. So as soon as I did that, later on, Old Miss, I don't know who what Coach, Coach Ben was there. He called and he was like, uh, I want to talk to you about maybe uh, getting you out here to visit and trying to offer you so then the next day they offered but I was just committed to Boulder and I was just yeah I think I'm gonna stay with Boulder they just got out of a great uh season right um, to 2016 Pac-12 South champions and I was at the Utah game when they won at home oh that was, yeah. a, that was one of the best that was the craziest games I've ever been to good game to attend yeah yeah so I was there and just after all that, I felt like, and it was home, you know, it's just, it's far away uh, from home, but close enough to drive, you know, it's, it's hour 45, you know, so 
a good call away, but then if anything happens, we'll drive or I will drive down to it. Right. So I felt like it just it, it fitted well. And so, and then just also, I felt like it was God's plan for me, which it kind of, when I look back at it, it kind of was because uh, my dad passed three months after my graduation in May. He passed August. And so I was there. I was able to whip the gray shirt for six to seven months right after uh, graduating high school, just to be with my family. Oh, you know? that's and, good. And so I was there with my dad, I was there with my mom. And then after he passed, I was just with them the whole time and just trying to take care of what we've lost. And so, um, and that's also given me motivation and just, you know, uh, drive to get better and to, to just, you know, pursue my dreams. And so I know he's proud of me looking down. So. That's that's a great story. So was there any connection with Ole Miss? Was there a coaching connection or a family connection? It um, just seems kind of an odd yeah. offer to get at the last yeah. minute. Uh, I believe it was a, there was a Juco coach. He was also a, a Samoan coach. Um, he, he was trying to have me come Juco because I only had a D2 and then Northern Colorado is my like official offers. And so I guess he reached out to the coach, Ben, who was an O-line coach over there, or an O-line assistant coach. And um, he reached out to them. He liked the film. He reached out to me, and he told me, he's, I'm going to show my defense coordinator your your film, and we'll talk to you. And so he did the next day and called me the next day, the very next day morning, just like, we want to offer you right now. And I was like, wow. I'm sorry, Coach. I, I appreciate it, but um, I'm just, you know, I committed to Boulder, and I just felt that is there's just God's planning, and which it was. So great. Well, I think most fans are, you know, familiar with the red shirt, where you yeah. have five years to play for the gray shirt, as you alluded to, that where you you're not part of the recruiting, or you're you know you delay as you mentioned until January the following year. So that fall of 2017, did you go to junior classes, junior college? Did you take any classes? Did you any, what were you doing that fall other than taking care of your family, take care of your mom? Um, I was really just working. I stayed connected to my uh, high school that I graduated from. Just, you know, just to try to get, they had a gym, they had a uh, lifting class and my coaches were there. So they allowed me to try to stay in shape and just do what I can. But for the most part, I, I was just at home. Um, I actually went to visit, you know, I traveled a little bit after that. Met a couple of my dad's families back home. So, um, yeah, it was just really personal experience, like not much of a trying to get school education. It was really a break from football and school. Which, right. Okay. Um, after, you know, doing that for six or so years consist, uh, constantly and then uh, – just having six months off was, you know, it was kind of a relief. And so I was able to connect with a lot of people and just, yeah. Okay. So you finally get to see you officially in January 2018, but then you have a, a knee injury, right? Yeah. In 2018. So that killed, well, you probably get a red shirt anyway, 2018, but you missed the 2018 season. So now we're all the way to 2019. You got, a new coaching staff didn't actually get to play for coach Mac. So as a freshman, you get to start 
And your first game was against Colorado State, Mile High Stadium. What was it like being a Colorado kid playing against Colorado State in Mile High Stadium, uh, your very first game as a Power 5 player? Uh, it was actually – it was pretty crazy. Um, it was fun. Energy was was crazy through the roof. I was I was nervous for sure because um, it's it's been my last my last senior game was November 2016. So having not played a game from 2016 to 2019, like right. that's that's a pretty huge gap. And just I was just worried that you know uh, I wouldn't perform to just the best that I that I know I'm capable of. Yeah, just after the first snap, it was like, okay, it's 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 just football. But still, having that like the warm up anxiety, walking the field before then, driving to Denver because I've never been to an NFL football game. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I've never been into the Broncos Stadium at all. Like I've always drove past it hundreds of times, and just like, man, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's right there, but. For the first time, you know, being in there and actually on the field instead of in the stands was just was just an incredible feeling. So nerves were up, um, but we, it was a close game, I believe. I remember. It was, oh it was no, close. It was, it was fifty-two okay. to yeah. fifty-two to thirty-one. You had yeah. a you had a fumble recovery. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, by Mustafa. Yeah, he picked it up. It was a John Van Dies. I can't. I think he blitzed off the edge and hit the quarterback and fumble scoop the score. Yeah, that's that's like that had me uh, you know, it was that was crazy. And then right after that, you're thinking offense is about to go on the field, but then they're like, we're kicking the ball, defense gotta go right back out there. We we're like, dang, I forgot we gotta do that, and we we're all tired. <laughs> we we're just celebrating. I was like, oh damn, we might need a sub, we might need a sub. <laughs> But yeah, I do remember that it was a, it was a fun game and just it was the start of you know my college career. So um, I always look back at that moment. So then your your first home game was Nebraska. So I mean, talk about uh, oh yeah. yeah, being thrown into you go to Utah game, get the excitement of the 2016 season. Yeah, that was playing Colorado State in a rivalry game, and then you come home and the your first home games against you know an overtime win against Nebraska. Yeah. So uh, you're doing pretty well there for a while. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Well, one game I want to talk to you about through your freshman season was the the Washington game. Uh, <laughs> and there's a particular play I want to talk about, and I think you probably know which play I'm talking about. The punt. The punt. punt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me set the stage for you, and then you can tell me what happened. I got you. So he was ahead twenty to seven into the fourth quarter. Uh, Washington scored on. Their first drive of the fourth quarter made it 2014. A couple punts back and forth. CU goes three and out. Still about midway through the fourth quarter. Momentum's on Washington's side. Uh, Alex Keenan gets off a pretty good punt. It goes deep into Washington territory. And Aaron Fuller takes off. And some 50 yards later, it looks like he's about to go score, give Washington the lead, and take it from there. Well. At that time, we were under uh, Coach Tuck, and uh, I think it was Coach Elliott or Coach – I forget. I forgot his name, Coach Els. And he he loved the shield. You know, he wanted us big men who can run and 
who can make those open field tackles and just also who can just block to ultimately block for the punter. And so I remember seeing that kick and, you know, obviously we have, we had a pretty good punt uh, team, you know, they could, uh, they can run down the field and make a tackle in open field. But for some reason, I don't know. Just It's been a while since to think about it, but just I, I seen them just had open field and almost everybody was being blocked. And so that was just shocking to me. And I was like, dang, it's literally up to me. So usually, you know, I, I'm not really running down the field <laughs> full right. speed. I'm jogging. Like, I'm, I'm, I expect my teammates, like, I have trust and faith that, they are going to make that play, you know, because they usually do. 10 out of 10, they're going to make that. But this one time, they didn't. And I was like, I wasn't really jogging, though. Like, I was like, it's the end of the game. It's a tight game. We we got to we gotta win. You know? And it's senior night. So, And then also, I had a kind of some, like, I had some, uh, what was it, amenity or something? I, forget. I had some just some beef with Washington because um, I went out to a, football camp in like my junior year to Washington and like I still didn't get like offered or anything right and so yeah my uncle he told that before the game he told me is I remember how we went out there and you balled out and they still didn't talk to you or like offer you remember that and you know show them what they missing and so that's that's why that was probably my best game that season I believe was Washington with that uh save but seeing him run down and the, the angle he was, and knowing he's he's way faster than me, I'm, I'm <laughs> 300 pounds. He's probably 180, 190. And so just seeing how he was trying to run, run away from me, I looked to my right and I seen uh, Alex Kenny. And he, you know, he's a part of the safety net with us. The three bigs and him, they can't get past us. And so that's what Coach you always, he always like yelled at us that like, you are the last line of defense. You always make that play. And so after that happened, uh, Kenny was backpedaling. I don't know. I, I just seen him backpedaling. He took on two defenders. They're trying to block him. And no one wanted to block me. So I was like, I have to make this play. And if I don't, that's, it's a touchdown for them. So I don't know what, what came into me, but I just like ran and just, reached out my arm and dove and just held on for dear life. <laughs> and I kept, I kept holding on like, please don't, don't let go. Cause it wasn't a good tackle. You know, it was open field. I had to reach. I wasn't, I couldn't grab onto anything. So I grabbed his shoulder pads on the top of it and just held on. And then I think later on that drive, uh, Nate Lambert got that pick, right? I believe. Well, no, it was a three and out. I mean, the, okay. you know, they tackled him about the 35, 40 yard line. They didn't drive any yeah. further punted it down to the one-yard line, and the offense ate up the rest of the clock. The whole way. Yeah, took the last five minutes off the clock, never gave him the ball back. So you literally saved yeah. the day, you know, in that, that Washington game. Um, oh and for the it's season, watch it. yeah, you received the, the Tiger Bussy Award for inspiration in face of physical adversity. So yeah. you had a, you know, for a redshirt freshman, you had a pretty good first year in 2019. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. I think so too. Um, I feel like I could have been better, but I just also felt that just not playing for those just that long of a period was just, you know, it was just that's rusty. Okay. And then you had 11 or 12 games you started in 2019, got some more starts in 2020, the, you know, the COVID year. Last year, 
which was your second sophomore year. It's kind of hard to keep track of anybody's eligibility anymore, but, uh, you know, in for 432 snaps, 30 tackles, tackles for loss against our 11 or 12 games. But again, between 20 and 2021, you had another coaching staff. So, uh, you know, not a great season last season. Now you have another defensive line coach brought in, um, Vic Suotu. Soto. I didn't, he wasn't here for long enough for me to learn how to pronounce his name. He was only here for two months. And then right before spring practices start, he decides to leave. So, you know, you've been through a lot of, you know, three different head coaches and, uh, you know, at least a handful of defensive line coaches. So Gerald Chapman comes in right before spring practices start. What's it, what's your off season been like going through, Chris Wilson was your not only your coordinator, but your your line coach last year. You bring in another line coach. He leaves two months later, and you got a third line coach in three months, you know, coming in at Gerald Chapman. So tell us about your uh, your easygoing, kind of calm little offseason you had. Uh, it's, it's been a lot. Coach Gerald Chapman, he's, the, I think, my sixth defensive line coach that I've been here. And with the three uh, coaching staff changes, but I feel Coach Chapman has made it an easy process um, for sure. He's definitely passionate, enthusiastic about what he does, and he's authentic. He's real authentic and tr- like he'll tell you the truth. He won't he won't talk behind you. He'll tell you straight up, and uh, he's also he's perfected his craft as coaching. Like he's a great teacher. Like he he's a great coach. Like. He wants us to be successful. And just um, with the coaching's change, you know, and then also this past offseason, uh, a lot of former buffs have tra- entered the transfer portal. Right. You know, so it's been it's been really hectic. The first, like, in January, the first month, it was a little hectic. And then Coach Vic came. And so it was, it was cool there. You know, he was getting to know him. He was cool. He was a laid-back guy, you know. And he was he was Psalm one, so you know I can I can relate with him. You know I was like he was the first ever uh, Psalm one coach that I had like for my position coach, and so uh, I got to meet with him, talk to him. But uh, you know it was sad to see him go, but he had to make what's best for him and his family. But then Coach Chapman, when he came, before he even like was offered a job or he came, he or not before when yeah, as soon as they told us that he was you know he's getting hired. Or the he's in the process. He reached out to us to talk to us. He wanted to get to know us, uh, the older cats, veterans, me, T Lang, uh, Janaz, and Naeem. And just through the talks that we had with him on the phone, on Zoom, before he even like was able to fly out and you know, we get to meet him in person, he just exemplified, you know, how what a D line wants, you know, I think like he he was very passionate and just driven by being the best defense alignment. And so I feel like me and the other guys, we were able to just sort of feed off of that and just feel like how, how he would coach. And so he showed us some drills, um, some techniques and, you know, fast forward to right now, this spring, I think that's the best spring we've had. Or and personally, me, I, that was my best spring I've had. 
since I've been here. And it's all about improving and just getting better and just technique. Technique is uh, something he's always, he always preaches and talks about technique and being dominant. So um, he's made it just this off season easier. Um, and I just makes us want to get better every day. So it's really to him. And then just also knowing that this, you know, I have two more years, uh, really one I'm trying for the one, but I have two years to, you know, try to, to improve. And I've had all this happen, just changes, coaching staffs, but it's, it still don't matter, you know, as long as what I can do matters on the field. So. Okay. Now the defense is shifting from a, a three, four to a four, three talk us through for us, people that aren't in the trenches that don't, you know, we we have the basic understanding of what three, four, and four, three means, but particularly for you, probably more than any other player on the team, the switch in defense has an impact on what you're doing and how you do it. So tell us about what a what a four three is different for you and then how you've uh, been adjusting to that. Four three and the three four, you know, they they're both good defenses. You know, you can play them both. Uh, depending on the kind of offense you go against, but a three-four defense is more of like a, a run, running stop defense. You know, a run heavy uh, defensive package and um, with coveraging. You know, but uh, for the four-three, it's more of a like yes, you know, run stop, but more passing situation. I feel like, um, and we've emphasized that more as we want to be to have more production with the, the defensive line and also the our front interior on a pass rush, you know, being the lowest uh, out of the pack with pass rush was it's pretty sad to think about and to look at it. And like you could say some of that was because of the three, four front that we ran majority of the time uh, for last season, but those are just excuses. And so now we just want, we were trying to figure out how we can, you know, change that and how can we be, become better. And so this past spring, uh, really emphasizing and focusing them on the techniques and details of the 4-3 has helped us to really, in my opinion, excel in our pass first game. And that's going to help our pass coverage. And so they both, you know, they go hand in hand, they work together. So. Um, you know, we're always going to try to stop the run. You know, that's that's one of my – I take pride in trying to stop the run. If you're not going to run, you got to throw the ball. Like, I would not let you run the ball. That's just – you have that mentality in defense, especially on the D-line. But now our mentality is we're going to get after the quarterback. Where we got to. We got to get pass rush. We're going to get after him with just four, you know, instead of trying to blitz everyone. So – we're focusing on just interior rushes and a lot of that is just winning your one-on-ones and so we 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 focus on that during practice and individuals like winning your one-on-ones you know practicing what you can do this don't try to do what everyone else can do just rush freely but rush smart you know so that's um and that's one thing that coach Chapman has definitely taught us is to try to be smarter rushers you know but you but by all means, rush the quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be worried about who he is. Even if it's a a dual threat quarterback, just rush like he's like he's not one to 
it's just that kind of mentality I think that we're focused on is we're going to stop the run and then we're going to rush the hell out of the quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think uh, this is actually quoting you. I think you were, you were talking about Chris Wilson, defense coordinator, you know, position coach before that uh, one key phrase or quote he always tells us is that we have to earn the right to rush the passer. In order to do that, we have to stop the run on first and second down early and then get into pass rush. He's making that a lot easier, making that a lot easier for us to do. So uh, you think that this defense is going to earn you the right to, you know, well, stop the rush and earn you the right to rush the passer. Is that kind of the mentality you, you carry in forward? Uh, most definitely, yeah. especially with Coach Wilson, he's still our defense coordinator. But us adjusting from the 3-4 to a 4-down fight, we, that still implies the, you know, you have to earn the, earn the right to rush. And, um, you know, if, if teams can run on you all day, they can, they'll gain four or five yards. Why do they need to throw the ball if they can run that? Right. Sooner or later, they're going to break one of the tackles and that will hit for more. So if we can't stop the run and make the team one-dimensional and also be effective on that passing defense, passing situation, pass rush, and our coverage, then we're not really a good a good team. And so that's one thing that I feel like our adjustment to the 4-3 is going to help us a lot. Because we can still, you know, a 3-4 is, you know, that's that's just our, our foundation. You know, that's what we used to do. And that's, it's, it's helped us, you know, in certain situations. But I feel like we, this 4-3 now is different. And we all got to make some adjustments and changes, but it's, it's going to benefit us in the, in, in the future. So Okay. And you got a lot of bodies back. A lot of your yeah, defensive line is going from perhaps one of the, the thinner in depth to, you know, one of the deeper units on the team. Of course, you lose a Mustafa, but, you, you know, you talk about Terrence Lang, T-Lang and Rodman and Janice Jordan and yourself, you know, you, you, you've been, you already have 24 starts in your CU career. And let's see, we got Lang as 27 starts, Rodman nine starts and Jordan six starts. You feel like you've got the experience now in the line. You got the depth. Coach Durrell talked a little bit this spring about how he was impressed with not only you guys, the, the first string, but that the second string, that there's a second wave there, you know, that's getting better. The, the drop off in talent is not as dramatic as it was in the past. Is that a fair statement? What you saw this spring that the defensive line is going to be a uh, deep and nasty. Uh, most definitely, um, and we all have our own like unique abilities um, on the D line. Like no one's like tonight. <laughs> is, you know. He, He's lengthy, he's tall, he's, he's got ability. But then no one's the size of me. It's long, stout, 6'6", 300-something pounds. And then Janaz, you know, Janaz Jordan, who's big like me, but he can move. He's very athletic. He's strong as well. And then Naeem, Naeem is like a, a jack-of-all-trades, I'd say. Um, he's, he's a little shorter, so but he's still powerful and explosive. And then uh, one name that wasn't mentioned was uh, Justin Jackson, who's uh, who's had some you know snaps uh, this couple of years, but I feel like this this year is going to be huge for him, especially just uh, his spring 
Um, he's, I feel like he's made the the biggest improvement out of uh, our line, our group. And then Naeem has always been consistent. Um, okay. This this spring, so definitely, uh, I I'm very confident in uh, in our D line, <laughs> and uh, I definitely couldn't say that before, but definitely now, like yeah, like I do trust that if I'm out of the game, that whoever my sub is will take over, and if not, even just excel the group, you know, so. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm very excited for what we what we have. So. Okay, so I mean, you talk about Justin Jackson. He's a senior, but he came through the community college ranks, so he didn't quite maybe have the development as he might have otherwise if he'd been at CU the whole time. Any redshirt freshmen or sophomores that didn't play last year? Any anybody uh, that we didn't get to see since we don't get to see the practices? Or is any uh, younger guys that you're particularly excited about for the future? Younger guys, yes. Uh, uh, Ryan Williams, he has he has the the mentality for um, technique. You know, technique is hard, but as soon as he gets it, uh, he's definitely going to um, shock some people. And then uh, also uh, walk on Mason Maddox. He's definitely uh, oh. he's like a sleeper in my opinion. You know, he okay. quiet. He just wants to do things right, but if, if he can just let himself, you know, just turn him, let himself loose, he he can play. He can definitely uh, change some stuff. So, but yeah, Allen Ball, he's his pass rush. He's definitely there. He's like he's improved on the pass rush, and he's always working on uh, trying to get better. But those are the main two that um, that stuck out to me. Okay. So, you know, there's always the team goals, you know, want to win games, want to get to the Pac-12 championship, get to a bowl game, everything like that. You kind of hinted at a personal goal there that not necessarily going through the transfer portal, but maybe you do want to be playing somewhere else next year. So is it a a personal goal of yours to uh, get to the point where you're, you know, looking at the NFL draft next spring? Um, Yes, most definitely. Um, And I've talked to my coaches, you know, I'm at that point where I've been here for a while and like, yeah. And just, they've definitely, they're all encouraging, you know, of us pursuing our dream. And they also are truthful to, you know, they tell you straight up, like one thing's this or that. So, but just after talking to them, you know, they, they want what's best for me as well at the end of the day, you know? Um, So whether that's either to stay, and to use my last year of eligibility to get better or even to help out the team to hopefully you know, pursue those our team goals or if not pursue my own my own dream and aspirations, which could be the league. And so uh that's always been, you know, my goal from when I was a kid uh, in high school is to, you know, get a full ride scholarship to that D1 school, you know, make sure my mom and then dogs pay a dime for my education. And I achieved that. So now it's, okay, can I change my life and my family's life? And so that's what I hope to do. But it's really based off of, you know, these next six months and next season. So, and that's why I'm looking, I'm excited and I'm, I'm eager to just get started and play. I miss it already. 
Well, good. <laughs> well, that's a, a great attitude to have going into your yeah. fifth or sixth year and yeah. you know, hard to keep track of. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll leave it at, you know on the high note there that you're going to do great things this fall and the team's going to do great things this fall. Any words of wisdom you like to pass along to the Buff Nation as they have to endure the summer waiting for you to take the field on September 2nd? Nah, really, I can't wait to show you because um, just these last couple of seasons that I have played, I've gotten better. And so I feel like, and especially under Coach Chapman, this is going to be my best year. And so we're going to shock some people. And we I just can't wait. And I can't wait to focus on this pack, get you guys in there. And I can't wait to to shock the world and start off with TCU at home. Please show up September was it seven? Second, yeah, Friday the second of September. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll be there right so, Friday night. Yes, sir. Ralphie will be bigger, so uh, you know. Yeah, she is. She's bigger. She's a lot stronger, and yeah, she's still cute. Growing like the team. Okay, yes, well, great. Well, thanks for your time, and and I appreciate uh, good luck for you. Good luck. Stay healthy, and we'll we'll see you this fall. I appreciate. It. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. This episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the See with the Game NIL campaign. So thanks to all of you for supporting your CU student-athletes. The interviews are going well, and I look forward to meeting and interviewing more CU student-athletes in the coming days. I hope that you are subscribing to the podcast so that you won't miss any of the upcoming interviews. As you hopefully know by now, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast sites. Or, if you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all of the NIL podcast interviews can be listened to at the See You at the Game website. So, until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time when we will again see you at the game.